Jordan, welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. Nice to be back, man. It's been yeah, a little hiatus, right? Yeah, I just took a little uh, season ending, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's actually interesting because when I was ending that last one, right, my topic was my I was basically giving my assessment of that you know hit piece Rolling Stone article about the weekend show, right? And I was right. saying why I believe that they were putting out that hit piece months before the show came out, mm-hmm. and then now the show. All five episodes they aired. The season is done. Yeah, it seems like those episodes short, but hey, I'll take it. So there, there's reasons for that, mm-hmm. right? And we can get into all that stuff, but I'm sure you probably have some strong opinions about the show. I know I do. Oh, I do, I do. Because I, I honestly, really, and truly, I was quite excited for the show um, because I've become quite a fan of, I guess, that type of cinematography coming off of Euphoria. And then knowing that they had similar writers or producers for the show, I was definitely excited to see what they would have. But I was sadly disappointed, unfortunately. Sadly disappointed. Bro, like, okay, before I give you my opinion, yeah, before I hit you with some facts, I would just like to know where this disappointment you have, like, where is this coming from? Yeah, that's that's no problem. Okay, so really and truly... Getting into the show, episode one, um, it took me somewhere that was, you know, like the music, the soundtrack, it pulls you in with the soundtrack, the the, the clothes, the fashion, the, the mansion, all that, right? It draws you in, right? And then you see that it's, it's based on an artist, right? It's based on Jocelyn, who is this pop star, right? Um, so it's always interesting to see behind the curtains of the music industry, right? And we see that the, the managers are there at the house, and then you see that there's a leaked image, right? And it's it's very modern today's times, right? Because things get leaked all the time, right? And to see how pop stars go about handling that, that's something that's fascinating, right? So for me, episode one, I was I was drawn on about that, right? The the characters what was going on, the plot, all right? And then it just veered off from that, right? Episode two, three, four, they're just showing me randomness. They're showing me a man getting uh, getting tasered with a dog collar. They're showing man's dancing in the crib. They're showing me, who's that, Sean Leon? Uh, a Sean Leon reenactment. They're showing me these next type of mans. And it's just like, it was all over the place. They lost the plot. And then really and truly, like, it seemed like Tedros, Tetris, or or Dollar Store uh, Prince, as I like to say, with that whole corny-ass scene, him looking up at that Purple Rain poster and like, oh, oh, look, I'm Prince. It, it was terrible. It was a terrible reenactment of the Purple Rain um, movie that came out in the 80s. It was terrible. Really and truly, they did a terrible job of, I guess, him being that character being another type of Purple Rain type character. And I think The weekend just did a terrible job as an actor. He had some good moments, but some moments were just terrible. He just looked sweaty and hot and just, he just looked disgusted, right? And like the scenes were just awkward. And like at the end of the day, it went from he's in control and there's some cult that he seems that he's creating. And then it turns into oh, Jocelyn is in control at the end of the day, right? And they do that whole um, cliffhanger or surprise twist at the season finale. And it was just it was just nonsense. And it was just no explanation of when that change happened or how that shift happened. It just happened, right? And they're singing and dancing. They introduced these, these different artists that are dancers, singers, and all that. Like, it, And they had... The one Asian girl that they were going to replace Jocelyn, and then before you know it, oh, we're not going to replace you. We're just going to keep Jocelyn and kick you to the curb. That was a whole waste of time, too. There's a whole bunch of different things and plots and character development that just fell short, and it just led to a dead show, really and truly. I appreciate that they tried something different, and they tried to 
give us a glimpse of the music industry or give us a glimpse of the weekend's debut acting, but it fell short for me overall. And I don't see it going a season through two. I don't see it. I think usually these limited series have six episodes and they got cut down to five. And I think it got cut down to five for a good reason. Uh, and this is a, a forgettable show. It'll be forgotten by the end of the summer. And uh, I uh, end my case. Okay. I completely wholeheartedly disagree. Okay. I think my guess is that you probably was re you probably were reading Twitter before you actually watched the show. Okay, here we so, go. Yeah. So you went into yeah. it with this bias of what people on the internet were saying. Okay. So it planted seeds. So the character development was there because for, we're, for for all characters involved. Okay. Okay. So even with the weekend's character, we go into it thinking that he's this manipulative guy, right? who's trying to use her right mm -hmm. and then when you see once you get to around episode four once you get to around episode three four and then you get to the ending you start to realize that it was actually her who was basically trying to use him because she saw that he could bring the creativity and get her out of the slump that she was in musically right right so that was one aspect of what you had going on and in terms of the tasering right so if you notice there was one scene where he was at his club and then he had the taser on the on the black dude uh isaac mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. isaac with a z right? yeah, yeah. Sean, Sean Leon, no? <laughs> so one of, one of those artists i don't know <laughs> so you see how he kept shocking you should him. know you should know exo that's your whole uh click right yeah, so he, I wouldn't say click, but you see how we kept like shocking him and saying him, listen, you're a star, right? You're a star. And then if you saw at the end when they got to episode five, mm -hmm. the way he was putting on his show. So that's because that he was priming them. So although his methods may have seemed a little bit, I mean, I would say unconventional. It ended up working because it wasn't believable. Out of it was was not believable. There's a bunch of scenes that you just cannot believe, or just I couldn't buy into the character at the end of the day. Okay, like, let me ask really, you this. Yeah, go ahead. Let me ask you this because you yeah. said that his character was weird and sweaty yeah. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. What's yeah, interesting yeah. to me is. When he did the when but like when he was doing press for the show and he was talking about the show, he says, "My character is supposed to be creepy, hated, yeah, awkward, yeah, blah, and make blah, people blah, uncomfortable." Yeah. Right. And then when the, he goes out there and he does it, oh, he's such a bad actor. He plays no. such a creepy guy. Like, no, 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 no. He no. literally. That's not. He that's not my defense, though. That's not my defense. It's not that he. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him tweeting right to defend himself. All day on Twitter, I saw him every, after course. every episode on Twitter. Yeah, you're supposed to hate me, blah, blah, blah. He tried to, get, really and truly, it's a reverse psychologist, this media thing, trolling. That's what he was doing. He was on social media trolling, try to garner up more hate, more hate about his character so more people would, would watch it, right? And again, it just if that fell short. And yes, of course, that was how it was supposed to be. But again, if he's supposed to be this villain or not even anti-hero a villain usually you end up appreciating a villain right for how dark or terrorizing they may be and it was it was there was just weak parts to it right it, it wasn't believable when he had that scene where he's it early on in the season when he he slaps that one guy that's um the doctor, I believe, that was massaging her, whatever the case may be, or looking at Jocelyn, and he slaps him and he tells him off. Like it was just, it was just corny at the end of the day. It was really corny, and I really didn't buy into it. And really and truly, let me ask you this: out of all the weekend characters we've seen that he's brought forth through his music, are we gonna say that this Tedros character is one of the best characters that he's provided us? as consumers honestly i would say so because i just saying that no it's not that i'm just saying <laughs> that, i would say so because he actually dived in well he dives into his other stuff but with this like with after hours it was just the music there was no audio right 
Mm. With Donna Fem, the focus was just on the music. There was no actual story. There was visuals. There was visuals. No, there was visuals, but there wasn't like a script, right? Yeah. It's just he's telling, he's narrating a story through visuals, but there's not actual script. With this, there's actually a story, there's script, there's dialogue. And it fell short. I don't think it fell short. I thought the storyline was not good. They told a story. They told a good story. Like it literally showed that this girl was in a rut, right? She was in a downward spiral. Here's this, here this guy comes with this unconventional method who thinks that he has her right where she wants her. But the whole time she has him right where she wants him because she can use him as a way to, you know, leverage and respark that creativity that was missing for so long. I was really, really and truly, I heard this take, right? And I feel like it would have been better off as a movie. It, they try to drag out a limited series that was clearly very limited for it to be five episodes. And it could have been, if that was put into a condensed two and a half hour movie, I think it would end up being better because they had some scenes that just fell flat and they just had things that just didn't make sense. And it's almost like they do a bunch of things at you and then you forgot about it right away, right? And then the focus really and truly was just Jocelyn and Tedros, right? The managers, right? The art, the man, like Jocelyn's managers, like I think they did a good job, but again, it's just like they just have their one liners and then, then it's just a lot of Tedros and Jocelyn and just like, I don't know, really and truly. Like, there wasn't much to the show. I think the best thing that came out of the show was the music. So okay. that's so, what he needs to focus on, just the music and the acting. And I said this before, pre-pod, that if The weekend removed himself from the show and took a Drake role as an executive director, I think this show ends up being better. Okay, I think he did a pretty good job with the acting. I thought he was a very convincing. I thought I thought he played a convincing creep, right? I mean, clearly because people are all over Twitter and writing all these news art news articles. Oh, his character is so creepy. Well, then he did his job. He came off the way he intended to. But I think, really and truly, there was two things that is being held against the show. One of them, I think, was uh, one of the um, co directors or co one of the co producers on it, Sam Levinson. I think a lot of people, especially in mainstream media, they have a gripe with him because of the work that he does on Euphoria mm-hmm. and sometimes the way he depicts certain characters. So I think a lot of that animosity and tension that was there towards him from that show, it spilled over into this series. And I think The Weeknd was just this guy who kind of just got caught in the line of fire, right? So I think that's number one. I think number two, that Rolling Stone article... That already planted seeds of the show before people even got a chance to actually see it for themselves, right? And then I think number three, to be honest, I think with The weekend, I think he got into acting a little bit late in his career. And I'll explain to you what I mean by that. So if you look at a guy like 50 Cent, for example, right? His career took off in 03. By 05, he was doing Get Rich or Die Trying. And then he started doing movies, right? So he did it early in his career. If you look at Eminem, he started blowing up like 99, 2000. By 2002, he already did 8 Mile. So he was still early in his career where he could kind of make that pivot towards acting. But I think with The weekend, people have been following his career since 2011. And all this body of work that he's put out since that time, he finally goes into acting 12 years later. By that time, people already have an established image in their mind of who he is and what his brand is. And not many people even knew what his voice sounded like. You know, I'm talking in terms of speaking until they watched the show, some of them. So they already had a perception of his brand. So it's very difficult for him to try to rebrand himself or recreate himself at 12 years post the start of his mainstream career. So I think with those factors involved, I think the show was playing behind the eight ball from the jump. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think if you exclude those factors and people just watch the show with an open mind, no social media bias, none of that Rolling Stone stuff, I really do think people would have actually looked at the show and enjoyed it for what it was, which it was just meant to be a fun, it was meant to be a fun, awkward show, but it was also meant to kind of tell a little bit about the pressures that people, that artists in the industry face. And I'll give you an example of that. So I believe it was episode three where he's talking to Jocelyn's creative director, right? And he was like, let's just say you had Carte Blanche. And people were writing think pieces like, oh, he said the word wrong. The dude speaks French. He knows that he like he knows he said it wrong. Yeah. It's just that he's meant to use he's meant to use dialogue as a way to show that the guy Tedros is not a very sharp guy. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I there's definitely some comedic um relief to it. And I feel like you were supposed to laugh, but I feel like it, it gave such a serious tone to it. The way you're just like you're looking, you viewed it as such a serious, dramatic show, but I feel like there was a lot of comedy in it that probably went over people's heads. Yeah, like one of them went over your head, like when he went to the doctor and he slapped him. That was meant to be a humorous thing to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I lost. Like, sure. What the hell? Like that didn't even like escalate. Or even the part when he took her shopping and then he's going to the guy, the security works are like, Are you looking at my girl? Look at her again. Let me catch you looking at her again. That like th- this dude's not threatening. Yeah. But it's not meant to be threatening. It's like you're kind of laughing at it. <laughs> like, this guy takes himself that seriously. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think, like I said, those three factors that I mentioned, I think it kind of made people look at the show in a different light than they probably should have. Yeah, I think that that last point you made is very strong. A strong point in terms of. Um, weekends acting in terms of he had a, a, a snippet in a previous movie i believe wasn't it uncut gems yeah uncut gems right he had that little snippet right and that's a little sneak peek and like you know he's there and he's gone right but that's people will understand that and be like, okay you know it's the weekend so it's more so like a a cameo rather than acting for him to go to like a a cameo role to now being a main character or a supporting role it's like it's a lot, right? And like you mentioned, like no one is used to what is weekend as an actor. What is able as an actor? People have never seen it. What does he sound like? What is his mannerisms? We don't know what that is. Wait, what type of role fits him the greatest? We don't know that, right? And I feel like it's difficult for this to be his debut when they had it, when he had so much screen time. That's why maybe I'm on the side of maybe if he was behind the scenes. He would have done a, big, a better job. Or maybe if he was like a creative director in creative director role in the show where like he, they're there, but they're not there all the time. Maybe he does a better job because I just feel like it was difficult for him to take on such a massive role and it being like his show, like the, a lot of pressure was on him. And I don't think it helps him as an actor going forward. Like, People don't look at his role or his performance in the idol and look forward and be like, okay, I want to see Abel in another show or another movie, right? People aren't going to look like that. People aren't going to look for like, uh, when, when are we going to see Abel again, right? It would be nice to see Abel in something else. Like, I feel like this puts a, a sour taste in a lot of consumers' mouth in terms of him in that role, I don't know, but business maybe maybe he should stick to the music business because maybe acting is not really his his ballpark. So it could go either way. Like I said, I don't really think that he was that bad of bad of an actor, right? And people are gonna say, "Oh, well, you're biased." It's not being biased. I just don't. <laughs> I don't think he was a bad actor. I thought he conveyed the character well. I just think people were trying to take him too seriously. Mm-hmm. Or take his character too seriously. But if you look at it for what it was, I think he hit the nail on the head. But I will say that he has another movie that he just uh, finished shooting mm-hmm. uh, with some actress. I believe her name is uh, Jenna Ortega or something like that. Oh, she isn't she? Uh, oh, she's in. Um, she she did a big movie. I forget, but I, I'm familiar with the name. Yeah. So they have a movie coming out. So I think 
that movie has to come out. And then I think that movie, I think, will be a better measuring stick in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of what his future career in Hollywood would look like. Yeah. So maybe for certain audiences, there might be more pressure when that movie comes out to see how he'll deliver as an actor. But one thing I know about Hollywood is like, there's always, there's always second and third chances, bro. Like there's so much actors who I saw that I thought they were terrible, but they've gone on to get plenty of roles. Right. Yeah. So I think if he keeps, you know, pursuing Hollywood enough, and if he really wants to dive into this thing, I think there'll always be a space for him in it, but we'll see what the reception is like when that movie comes out because like people said lebron was a brilliant actor after train wreck yeah right well, lebron but, just needs to stick the basketball okay but you shut see up, shut up and dribble all right pe- and coach <laughs> too now <laughs> so people were like oh he was a great after he was a great actor after train wreck mm-hmm. but then with space jam 2 there was mixed reviews on it right right so Batteries, yeah. And <laughs> he continued. Well, some people. <laughs> so I think, like, so I think there'll always be space for him in it, but it'll be interesting to see how that movie plays out. Um, I don't think he needs to worry about being behind the scenes just yet. I do think that is he the greatest actor we've ever seen? No, but he's not the worst actor we've ever seen either. So, yeah, of course, there's always going to be room for improvement. But if we're always going to compare his acting ability to the greatness of his musical ability, it's always going to come up short, bro. Right. But even with that being said, yeah. to me, the idol had one of the greatest soundtracks that ever accompanied a project. I wouldn't say greatest, but it's good. One of it's good. It's good. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like the bad like I guess stigma around the show is almost clouding the music. Like the promotion of the music is almost like if you're not like looking for it, you're not really gonna see it. Or or they're not playing it. Like the radio's not playing it. Like and you know how the weekend goes. If the weekend drops music, you're hearing it in malls, in in on on radio, everywhere. I don't feel like, think you're really hearing the soundtrack like that. And it's it's odd. I, I hear I, I hear popular a lot. Popular. I hear popular. Popular, you hear a lot. But, but the, other than that, but not really. But he he went in a unique way because like he dropped um, the music episodically, right? So like every weekend when the, the when the episode dropped, he would drop like two or three songs, right? Yeah, and, and now it's all out in and like separate packages. Yeah, because like it's tough because the thing is like if he's doing songs every episode, right? Let's just say he's doing on average three songs every every episode. There's five episodes. That's about 15 new songs, right? Yeah. All 15 songs are not going to chart. You know what I mean? Because some of them yeah. are just tracks with some of the like uh, the supporting the, actors. Yeah. So musically, I'm not really checking for Isaac like that. You know I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm not checking for Lily, no. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, so it's not always going to meet expectation to fall short, but usually with every movie or show, there's always that one standout song. So mm-hmm. using the examples earlier, like um, with, with like Eight Mile, there was Lose Yourself. Yeah. Right. So there's always going to be that standout. So for this one, it was popular. Yeah. Right? Playboy. So, yeah. So it did its job. Like now it's getting its radio airtime. It's, it's going on some like Spotify charts and stuff. So it's yeah. doing what it's supposed to do. Right. So. I'm not willing to go and say that this whole venture was a failure because they said it was going to be the show of the summer. Mm-hmm. People have been talking about it all summer so far, good or bad. All publicity mm-hmm. is good publicity, right? Like you said, content over everything. So- yeah. Yeah. It's, it's right. I mean, it's right. But again, I just I just don't know where, they, what, where this show stands in the future, right? I don't think it's something we, we really come back to or we look back at as like, remember that idol show? I don't think that's ever gonna be a topic of discussion, to yeah. be honest. So fair enough. But yeah. you know do you think there'll be a season two or do you think it's just a uh just one limited series and that's that? I have my like I would like to see a season two personally, mm-hmm. but I doubt there would be only just because because usually, you know, when shows come out by like the second or third episode, 
the network will come out and say we've already renewed it for another season right so the fact that they didn't do that with this one i think makes me a little bit cautious not looking good bro and also (laughs) too the fact that it was meant to be six they brought it down to five yeah i think that part makes me a little bit cautious too but i think with them like at hbo if i had to make a guess i'm not inside these rooms i don't know Mm. but if i had to make a guess based on the amount of engagement it did on social media they i i'm assuming they would probably be open to bringing it back to another for and for another season under the condition that they probably bring in more seasoned veteran writers but i think it's tough because right now hollywood has a writer strike right but i imagine based on those popularity metrics no pun intended <laughs> they would probably be open to bringing it back with more veteran seasoned writers mm-hmm. But I think because of all the negativity and vitriol that it got from like mainstream media, I think HBO will just kind of buckle and say, hey, you know, it's been a good run, but I think, you know, it was a limited series and we don't want to bring it back for a season two. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was to come back for a second season though. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of coming back, (laughs) I wonder if, uh, Kiki Palmer will be coming back to her man after her uh, illustrious events in Las Vegas at the Usher show uh, over the past two weekends, I believe. Um, Usher has has the world in a frenzy. Um, time and time again, we see Usher at his Las Vegas residence uh, performing his concerts and approaching women with husbands or with men. Um, and singing to them and seeing how these women react. So it's all across the timelines. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's discussing it. This whole Kiki Palmer situation. Um, So why not dive into it? Um, So what are your thoughts on this whole Kiki Palmer and Darius um, the tweeter? (laughs) It's actually funny. Like When I seen the name Darius, I kind of laughed a little. (laughs) <laughs> only because like not at his name but because in one of my books actually i have a character in there named darius, named darius yeah. <laughs> that was a very shameless plug but i don't care <laughs> and the thing is this right i think this incident i think is a perfect example of everything that's wrong i think with modern intersexual dynamics between men and women in this day and age right mm-hmm. The idea that a guy is openly communicating a boundary that he has, saying that he finds something to be inappropriate, and immediately he's being met with anger. making They're making fun of him, saying, oh, well, she gets the money, so you got to be quiet and take it. Mm. But Funny that's how that same, works. <laughs> but then let's just say now a dude has money and he's doing stuff with other women, and they say, well, he has money. Just be there. Just sit there and take it. That's misogynistic. That's... You're being this, like, it, it's a double standard, right, that we know and exist in society. In yeah. this modern day and age, right, women have the luxury that if they want to be career women boss babes, they can do that. But if they want to be stay-at-home wives, they could do that, and they'll never be judged. Right. But a guy does not have the luxury of being a stay-at-home husband without being met with ridicule and mockery. So, to me... It's a perfect representation of everything that's wrong with the modern dynamics today. What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you there um, because really and truly um, what we see here, and it's funny how social media works because we get to see these back and forth um, between people choosing Kiki Palmer's side and very little people on Darius's side. Right. Of course, um, at the end of the day, you should keep your life private. Right. But the 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 realm we live in, the world we live in, that's damn near impossible. Right. And him being with someone like Kiki Palmer, that's everyone knows Kiki Palmer. Like she was in the hit movie that came out not too long ago. Nope. Right. So her coming off that and her just having a kid and her bouncing back into shape 
of course, she has a bunch of cheerleaders behind her, right? Um, so unfortunately, from Darius's point of view, he was never going to win that battle, right? No. Going to social media is a is a women driven environment, um, and of course, um, or I feel like content and social realm is a woman driven environment, and him trying to garner up any um, reinforcements or any support on his side, it was just going to fall short at the end of the day. And it led to him, what, he disabled his Twitter, right? So at the end of the day, it's unfortunate what he had to go through. Um, and the times we live in, like we said, like it's a double standard. Women can choose to live whatever life they choose to live. And at the end of the day, men just got to be the providers and support the cause and and try to be fathers at the end of the day. So that's my uh, political response to the situation. Yeah, fair, fair <laughs> enough, bro. Don't get yourself canceled, bro. It's not, but like, honestly, social media is a very, I don't know if it's just social media, like, like it's just weird. Because Instagram, the posts are like meant to be optimistic, but if you look at the comments, it's just nastiness. Yeah, like just people. They, they only show you the pessimistic stuff. Yeah. yeah, like just people spewing like pessimism and negativity, right? And I seen it firsthand on Twitter. It's actually hilarious to me because I remember um, some page NBA Central they posted the video of Draymond Green rocking Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like in the comments saying Jordan Poole is some kind of victim. But I said, yo, the dude deserved it. Right. Right. Because if you watch the full clip, he pushed Draymond first. Yeah. And then Draymond snuffed him back. Right. Once you push someone, you have initiated the fight. Right. And then, bro, literally, I got hundreds of people replying to that attack. Wow, eh? You went yeah, viral. <laughs> it was a very, I wouldn't even say viral, it was a very small moment, but even yeah. his former NBA player, Eddie Johnson, like he got at me for it. Wow. Right. And I, and then I released another video afterwards and I showed proof what I was talking about. And here's even further more proof. Mm-hmm. If you look at what the Warriors did, who did they keep? Who did they get rid of? Yeah. So Jordan that tells you, Washington. Was, yeah, so that tells you who was right and who was wrong. But yeah. I say all that to say uh, just how nasty and ridiculous people on the internet are, that mm-hmm. they would come at this dude Darius just for simply upholding a boundary. Yeah. And what did he say that's so bad? He just said, like, listen, you're a mother, you're a wife, you shouldn't be parading out there like that. And now it's like you're trying to control what women wear. You're trying to control mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But let's just say the shoe was on the other foot. Let's mm-hmm. just say he had a wife and kid at home. And then he's out there on, like, he's out there on yachts, popping champagne, mm-hmm. throwing money. Yeah, behavior. shirt off shoddy and shit. Yeah. yeah. What would people say? Oh, you have a wife and kid at home. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say he's on a, like, he's showing himself on a boat full of women dancing in their thongs, like twerking it up. Yeah. Right? People would comment, you have a wife and kid at home. What are you doing mm-hmm. all that for? Are you having a midlife crisis? Blah, blah, blah. They'd come right. at Right. But when the shoe's on the other foot, now suddenly you don't like it. Like, So to me, it's just a double standard. Yeah, and it's crazy um, because not too long ago, there was a clip of Chance the Rapper, right, that was seen at a, um, I believe it was a carnival, maybe in Trinidad. And he was, I guess, you know, within the culture, like bubbling is a thing, right? And he was up bubbling and dancing with girls that wasn't his wife and they killed him for it right but again he's chance rapper and the culture is the culture where you go there you dance and you have fun and they killed him for that right so now like what are we doing there's women gonna kill him for that and but now if kiki palmer's at the usher show turning around twirling with her see-through outfit we're not killing her we're killing the man that's just saying something that's realistic for a man seeing his wife and his the mother to his child out in a boat dancing around and him just saying something that you would say probably in private one-on-one for him just to tweet it he gets ridiculed for that i don't just i just don't think that's right really and truly at the end of the day right and again it's, it's a double standard and it's just i feel like women don't like the idea of reality right 
if someone is going to address something in a realistic matter, they just ignore it and they create their own narrative to address it how they see it. They yeah. don't only look at the other side. They just look at the one side and support it to the death. And that's not how it should be at the end of the day, right? You got to look at the general aspect of the situation. She's out and about. She's wearing literally nothing or very see-through, a very um, lustful outfit, right? She's turning, turning around. Of course, she's probably drinking. Like, you know, she's having a good time. But again, there's a proper way to, to um, behave as a mother and an older woman, right? In the public eye, right? And again, I, I, I feel some people put Usher at blame. But again, Usher is a performer. He's a showman. That's what he does. He does it time and time again. It's not something he's doing that's new. There's nothing different from what Usher's doing to what Megan or Cardi or these other artists do when they, or Shinsia does when they bring up a, a, a fan to the stage and they dance up on them, right? So at the end of the day, it's just crazy to think that one could shift the narrative so much when it's just a simple equation at the end of the day. Yeah, and and to be honest, and I think this dude, I think the only blame I'll really give him is that he should have known that you don't go with someone who's in the entertainment industry because yeah. this is the kind of stuff that's going to come with it, right? Especially and, from his position. Like, if this yeah. is Offset, like, and he does that tweet, he, he doesn't get ridiculed like this because he's Offset. You know what I mean? Like, when Offset just recently called out Cardi for, for cheating, right? They're not saying anything to Offset. Cardi actually has to go about and defend herself. Right? Because Offset is a person of status and power. Dar who's Darius? And and that's exactly <laughs> and that's exactly right. Cause as soon as he said something, what immediately what was the default insult? You're just a listen, stay at home and watch the kids and shut your mouth. Yeah. Right? So that's so it's so interesting how to me like you know, you hear women say this a lot, like, oh, to me, like, I don't care about a man's money. I just care about love. Right. But then as soon as a situation like this happens, you immediately insult him for money or lack thereof. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just learn with them, like, just watch their actions, not their words. Right. Because they'll say stuff like, oh, I want a man, you know, who will open up to me and be vulnerable. Yeah. In that moment, he opened up and showed a vulnerability. What did he get? Yeah. yeah. So. They don't want that. They don't care for that. So that's why yeah. you don't do it. And with him, you know, it's going to be very difficult to find that traditional type of woman. It's not impossible. It's just going to be difficult. Yeah. So don't look in Hollywood. Don't look to Hollywood for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the fact that freedom of speech have ex has extended to the social media platform and then they just be saying whatever. And they don't even know what they're really be saying at the end of the day. Just say it just to say it. And again, like we say, content over everything. Everyone is looking at ways to garner attention. And you, everyone's looking at a way to have a viral moment or garner conversation or build up a moment for a, a, a podcast or for their own personal um, uh, personal wealth or personal attention or personal um attraction as a public figure because everyone sees themselves as, almost as a public figure and that's why they choose to speak on all these things just to speak on it right whether it's on twitter thread or, or spill they're going to find a way to just speak and talk and just say things even though the actions don't follow what it's they're saying true. and we're like overly connected and here's a funny thing too like what jonah was it his girl or his extra i don't know but she starts Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill, yeah, the actor. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's his girl or his ex-girl, but she wanted to use this moment to piggyback and get some clout of her own. Mm -hmm. And then she starts cloud chasing by posting screenshots saying that, oh, he was mentally and emotionally abusive to me. And when you read the text, all he says 
is here are my boundaries. If you want to be in a relationship with me, this is what I require. If not, then we don't have to be together. It looked like a very simple, pleasant conversation. I didn't see any manipulation or anything, but mm-hmm. it's just that now, like, if you communicate boundaries, you know, as a man, or you just have certain standards that you hold hold a woman to, right? that makes you, you know, you have mother issues, you hate women, you're insecure, right? All these, like, insults and, like, language that they'll use to shame men. But if women have those same standards, well, hey, that's just her being a queen. And, you know, for her to be a queen, she is allowed to have standards for a king. So it's yeah. it's yeah. very strange. It's very odd. And that's why I, I try to, like, reduce social media as much as possible. Yeah, because it, it, it'll definitely stir your um, thoughts on the opposite sex in a negative light. Because they may say things or they may say things or perceive themselves through the social media as one person. And then you may see them in, in person or yeah, and that in reality. And then it's you don't really know who that person is. Or you might meet them in reality and then you see their social media and then you're like, wait, who actually is this person? And that's scary, right? Because you can now they have two sides to them. Who's really the real person? Yeah. And Honestly, like for dudes that are with someone, even topics like this, it's good to avoid talking about it with your girl only because like you might be unpleasantly surprised to find what side of the fence that she's on. So it kind of goes back to what you're saying about how much you really know a person, right? Yeah. Like she might actually agree with certain things that you don't necessarily agree with and that can create friction and negativity and tension, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then now you guys, like you said, you guys are looking at each other sideways like, oh, are you not really the person I think you are? Right. So it's it's tricky because on one hand, you do want to get to know the person. You want to know their views and stance on things. But on the other hand, you don't want to introduce unnecessary drama, right? Because I think a lot of times guys, they think this way, mm-hmm. but because they're in relationships, they sometimes they fold and then they might. They might completely sing a different tune, even though they actually (laughs) agree. Right. So it's interesting to, it's interesting to see. Yeah. Interesting times we're living in for sure, man. Like, you know, so it's, it's just, again, it's the talk of the town and it's something we definitely had to cover uh, as a podcast, but it's, it's just crazy to see what um, is filling up the timelines right now yeah but you know i mean on a more lighthearted note mm-hmm. right we can get a little bit lighthearted. is uh what do you what do you make of it in the sports world like with uh, espn doing all of these like espn doing like all these layoffs i mean i guess that's not really all that much lighthearted, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it is something that i do find it is something uh-huh. that i found to be a little bit interesting Right, what's going on? Like, what did you think about those? Like, what did you make of it? Uh, I I think it's fascinating, especially this is something I want to discuss with you, especially with your coverage of um, Undisputed uh, and the whole Shannon Sharp and and Skip Bayless and um, just that that dynamic and how that unfolded, right? As you predicted, um, so it's it's interesting. That I guess Shannon kind of was the first domino, right? Um, him breaking up with Skip and and leaving Undisputed, and that started a a domino effect of ESPN now looking at what they have and how they could change it and shift it, knowing that um, paying all these salaries is again not going to be good for them as a brand right so definitely they can cut off some loose ends and that's what they ended up doing right and we are entering a new area new era of 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 social media or media sorry and i feel like espn is trying to find a way to capitalize but they just don't know the best way to go about it but of course it's always easy to cut costs 
right? By cutting salaries, right? They have these bunch of names on their payroll, right? And now you have to make that decision to find ways to garner re revenue. And I feel like it'll be very interesting to see their next steps, right? Because um, they are at a point where they are now having to go up against private media companies. For example, Shannon Sharp and his, his show that he has, his podcast show that he has. And now you have Cameron and you have Mace covering sports as well with their podcasts. And they are getting more viewerships or more attention than maybe a, a show like Get Up or, or First Take, right? So clearly they need to go in a different direction. And I think the layoffs was a, a sign of that, of how can they adapt to this new media that that's coming, that's on the rise. Um, and it's, it'll be interesting to see what direction they do go into. Do they say, fuck it, and, and bring in a Shannon Sharp, right? Drop the bag. They do all these layoffs and bring in a Shannon Sharp, and a Shannon Sharp and 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 um Stephen A. Do they do that? Uh, who knows what direction they really go in? But it, it's something to definitely watch because Disney as a company uh, is definitely facing a lot of challenges, and ESPN being under Disney, it's it's something that they they all need to address to see how they could bring this company back to where it once was. So it's something to look at, that's for sure. Yeah, so... Okay, so I would say, like, kind of to the last point you just made, I, I think, you know, I think Disney, or ESPN specifically, I think they've reached a point of no return. They'll never go back to what they were at their peak. Mm -hmm. um, I think they've made it very clear the direction that they want to go into. I think at this point, they're just chasing virality, mm. right? So I think when you have a guy like Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, you're hoping to just get those viral moments that just get you trending. That'll get people talking about you. But I think what's happening is, I think audiences and consumers, I think they're becoming a lot more savvier in the sense that they're a lot more critical of the information that they're getting because they understand whatever you get from ESPN. There's someone behind the scenes pushing a certain narrative or pushing an agenda, yeah. right? And I think what you get with independent media, such as like you mentioned, like Cam and Mace, and even what we're doing here, right, is we're giving unique perspectives that you're not going to hear or see on TV. You know what I mean? Like... I'll give an example, like during the draft, and we can talk more about this later. Yeah. But, you know, Wadronowski or Milhouse, as I like to call him, <laughs> is sitting up there analyzing the game. Yeah. And he's talking it's a joke. like, oh, Wemby is going to be the greatest prospect I've ever seen in NBA history. It's crazy. Like, you're just saying things just to say things. Yeah, clickbait, clickbait stuff. Yeah, yeah, like you're just saying it just, just to say the headline. Yeah. But then there's people on the internet that are going to be like, yo, hold up, wait a minute. We have actual concerns, like not concerns, but we have questions about this dude's ability. Sure. I wrote it on Twitter and I'm going to stand on it. I don't think he's that good of a player. And I think once he gets to the league, I think he'll be a serviceable player. Uh -huh. I think he'll be solid, but I don't think he's going to be a franchise changer like a Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Tony Parker and those guys. You won't have the level of impact like that those guys have or even a Kawhi yeah. Leonard yeah right yeah and my prediction is that the Spurs will spend many years trying to develop him it won't really go much further and then they're gonna have to draft they're gonna have to draft or find a point guard mm -hmm. who could really carry the team on their back right but that's at least my analysis of the game based on what I've seen from him I just I don't right. see it right yeah but the media narrative is that Wemby is this all-time great prospect yeah but then you look at why are they pushing that narrative well it's because the nba is trying to go global yeah so yeah yeah this is like an like i believe he's african if i'm not mistaken he's right? french african right so he's, i believe he's from france 
Yeah. So yeah. he's a French dude that lived in France. Mm -hmm. So he's already giving you two demographics. He's yeah. giving you the French audience, and then on top of that, he's giving you the African audience. And the NBA has a league out in Africa. Yeah. So isn't it slightly possible that Adam Silver could have given them a memo that said, mm -hmm. hey, this is what we need you to help promote, and ESPN will oblige? Yeah. So in that sense, it's very obvious that mainstream media is compromised. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of so, strings. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of independent creators out there that are going to come out now and call out the nonsense. Yeah. So with Shannon Sharp, and I said this on my last, I said this on the last time when I was covering it, mm -hmm. I really do believe that he has the numbers, he has the following that he could go independent, but he doesn't have the courage or the kahunes to do it. Mm. He's going to take a job at FanDuel or he's going to take a job at ESPN because he doesn't have that courage to bet on himself. Mm the way a Marcellus Wiley did. Yeah. Right? Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp, as entertaining as they are, they're the old guard. Yeah. Right? And they know that. And Stephen A. Smith, that's why every chance he gets, he always he always talks down on independent creators. He always makes fun of them. It's not that he's talking from a place of wisdom. He's talking from a place of insecurity. Yeah. Because he sees what's happening. So... I think that's why ESPN, I think, is like, I think they're done for. I think at this point, they're in palliative care, right? But they're just trying to grasp at straws, hoping to chase a viral moment. And I, I think they're all in on Shannon Sharp. And I think for them to unload that many talent, they have some kind of inclination that Shannon Sharp will go there. Yeah. That's what it seems like, right? That's what it seems like that they're offloading to bring in a big piece, right? But I wanted to go back on just discussing Wemby, and I guess this could slowly go into our, our basketball conversation. But I got a chance to watch Wemby in Summer League. And, of course, I agree with you uh, in the notion of the league is trying to go global. Right, so if they have a a international player and they have Joker now, they have Wemby, they have Luka Doncic. How can they go global? Push these global players, right? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they expand this whole uh, world versus USA um, um, All Star game and competition, right? Um, because again, they have a star, they have a number one draft pick. The time is now, right? LeBron is on his way out. All they can do now is push someone else, right? So I could definitely see them having a um, a narrative created around Wemby. But again, I was watching a clip today, uh, and I think it was Famous Los, and he was just breaking down uh, Wemby's game. And really and truly, they say he's the next generational talent, and really he's just Rudy Gobert with a jump shot. <laughs> that's all it is right he, he he's just more athletic well it's not more athletic than Rudy it's just that he can shoot the ball and he has more of a handle than Rudy Gobert but outside of that his best attributes will be rim protection and and defense and just be able to affect shots at the end of the day he's not going to be one that's able to just dominate on the offensive side of the ball because Players that are strong and 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 the PJ Tuckers that we have, those enforcers, are gonna beat him up, right? And he's not LeBron, he's not Giannis, he's not any of these players that we don't know, of course, but we can't label him as a LeBron or Giannis or put him in that in that ballpark with when we know that it's gonna take time, right? And he doesn't have that skill set from just you looking at it, right? He just doesn't have that skill set, right? He, yes, he's seven a foot, right? But there's more to that, right? To be a generational talent. And I just don't think um, he'll ever be able to just take that leap in that in, in year one, two, or three, right? It's definitely going to be take time and it's going to be a, a longer project than him being the best generational talent that we ever seen. And to be honest, I do kind of, I do kind of feel bad for the dude, you know, just only from the lens or from the perspective that 
they're setting this kid up for failure because mm-hmm. he never called himself those things. Yeah. He just wants to hoop and live out his dream. But they're throwing all these titles and expectations on him. And if he doesn't live up to even half of what they said he is. He'll be a bust in year two. They're going to call him a bust. And it's like, you're going to give him this title of being a bust, right? Because of some an expectation that was really unfounded mm-hmm. that the media had. Yeah. And now he could potentially go the rest of his career, his life, being labeled as a bust just because the media expected something out of him. Right. So to me, that part is ridiculous, right? And I think a lot of people now see through the mainstream media narratives. Yeah. Because the thing with the thing with basketball is there's only ten guys on the court at a time, five on each team. So if someone is not that guy, mm-hmm. You can only say they're good for so long until the eye test eventually tells you that, nah, you know what? They're probably a little bit shaky, right? Yeah. And I remember before I said that, you know, Larry Bird, he was great at his time. Mm-hmm. But if you put him in today's league or you put him in the league within the past 20 years, he's not doing what he did back then. Right. And then some of the comments I've seen, which I removed them, they're like, oh, you're uneducated. You don't know anything. And then, <laughs> would you look at this? Dennis Rodman goes on Vlad TV's couch, and what does he say? Larry Bird was not that great of a player, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And this is Dennis Rodman, an all-time great saying yeah. this. So yeah. clearly, he's looking at it from the same lens that I was looking at it from. You have to look at everything in context. Yeah. Right? So when I see him, like, I'm just looking at it within the context. Like, I don't see him being what they're saying that he is going to be. I just see a lot of gaps and a lot of holes that don't really match up to what I know a great big man is. Right. And they're setting this kid up for failure, which is which is very disappointing. But yeah, yeah I think mainstream media, I think they're kind of slowly seeing the end is near. And then yeah. there's nothing they can do to <laughs> reel it in. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they, they have to reach out on a limb, right? And go for the hottest te- takes and just go for these viral moments because, again, they see that the end is near. So if they don't have that viral moment, no one's going to look at first take. No one's going to see what someone said. That's why they have to say outlandish things to be like, what? What do you say? Who said that? For them to get viewership. It's not something like, oh, that's that's smart, what they said. That makes sense. It's always something that's ridiculous. It's one ridiculous and the other side would be defending it, right? It would only be someone like J.J. Redick who would actually speak the truth because Mad Dog or, or, or Stephen A. or Kendrick Perkins would be talking off their ass. Yeah, and then like, and it's so interesting to me that ESPN made the decision to get rid of a guy like Jalen Rose who I actually, listening to him, there's a lot of good information that I kind of, like, learned from him. Like, I'm like, every now and then, like, I saw he was going down the woke rabbit hole a little bit, but, you know, that's his personal choice. It is what it is. But there's certain things that he was saying where I'm like, yo, you know, from a basketball perspective, that makes sense. Jay Williams, when Stephen A. Smith was, like, annihilating Kyrie Irving on a daily basis, Jay Williams... Was the voice of reason that said, "Hey, making sense, yeah. yeah, like, hey, like, let's bring you back to the center a little bit. Don't be so biased, right? Right. Max Kellerman, he used to upstage Stephen A. Smith a lot of times on first take. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they got rid of a lot of the talent, and then you kept people like Malika Andrews. So that tells me, as an organization, <laughs> what direction you want to go in. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's kind of the." That's where they want to go. And yeah, you know, the NBA is trying to go global. Yeah. And one thing that I'll say too is like, if you saw recently, they have that new in-season tournament, right? Yeah. You're a soccer guy. Mm -hmm. You played soccer. You follow soccer. You're very well familiar with the game. Yeah. That resembles a lot of the tournament. It resembles the way soccer has it set up, right? Yeah. It's very similar to the FA Cup. FA Cup is like a, 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 a cup that's determined amongst the English clubs um, within England, right? So again, since the NBA is an American league, it's like all the best American teams 
I guess, of course, it's not as widespread because it's not something where um, NBA and the G League or a league below it can enter in. It's just within the NBA. But again, it's the same concept with garnering a competition that could have the possibility of a team like the Indiana Pacers beating the Warriors in the finals just because it's in December and there's load management and who knows, right? Mm -hmm. A team that like the Warriors or Denver that's at the top might not have the same interest as winning this, this smaller cup that doesn't mean anything, just has a money incentive around it than winning something like the NBA trophy, right? But I guess now that brings into effect like one could have a do a double right because it's not three trophies it's two right so one could win the in-season tournament and now have a goal of winning the nba title as well right so same thing in soccer we call it a treble where one may win the league uh win the fa cup which is their like their their local domestic league title and then win something like the champions league for example, right, which is now a, a global uh, championship. So it is interesting. I guess um, it's it's a way to increase viewership, I guess, do something new and different. And, of course, um, we'll see how it goes. At first, I feel like there will be a lot of hate or dislike towards it because it's something new. No one really likes change, and then the next thing you know, an injury is caused from it, or it just doesn't go as as they viewed it to go. Um, but again, the thing in with soccer is the, the history around it, right? The FA Cup has been going on for years. So once the in-season tournament is something that's 20 years in the, in the running, then there'll be some more validity around it right so for now it's something they're just throwing in there to again have more money more interest increase viewership but um again it's an idea I, I can't fault adam silver for going this direction um because it will be interesting and it will spice up uh a, uh a slower period for the nba where there's just games but they're almost meaningless and there's load management and people are sitting out and it, it gives that possibility of a team like the Orlando Mag magic or the indiana pacers somehow getting into a knockout game and beating upsetting a team that may be in first place um and winning that trophy right so incentivize teams that are just in the middle of the pack to just get hot and win a, a title, right? Um, what does it mean? Will people care? Will the players care? Who knows? Um, again, it, it it gives them an incentive to care, though. So we'll see how it pans out. I see. That's actually a good perspective that I didn't see it from. Yeah. Like, I think you had to design to do that, but also to, you know, <clears throat> I think as someone who likes to read up like on uh sometimes I like to read up on business and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, they like to think for the future. Yeah. While trying to figure out how to, how they can make money today. Mm -hmm. So in the short term, this is going to be a way that they are assuming that it's going to generate some kind of interest at a time in the season where it goes dull. Right. Yeah. And it'll give teams a chance to give them something to compete for. But I think long term, because I was looking at the cups and stuff, I'm like, this whole system, like the whole setup just looks dumb. Mm -hmm. But eventually what's going to happen in like 15, 20 years from now is they're probably going to open it up globally. Mm, yeah. So you're going to have maybe, don't be surprised if the NBA tries to absorb some of these foreign smaller leagues. Yeah. And maybe get them to compete in this separate World Cup tournament. Yeah. And the yeah. NBA championship doesn't have the emphasis that was once placed on it because now there's so many other cups to look forward to, mm -hmm. right? Because we look at these athletes on Forbes and say, yo, these guys are making money. Look at these contracts. But then when the Forbes list come out, they're getting their asses whipped by guys in soccer because mm -hmm. soccer is such a huge game in Europe and not even just Europe, but like globally, like yeah. Latin America, Africa, like yeah. 
Asia, they love soccer. Saudi Arabia. Look at that. Yeah. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Middle East. They yeah. love soccer, right? And like the NBA is seeing that we have a chance where we can make our game a close second mm-hmm. or maybe one day surpass soccer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think now they're trying to set the league up for the future where like, you know, because before, if you look at the history of the league, it was, what was it? The NBL and the ABA. Mm-hmm. They merged. They formed the NBA. NBA that, yeah. And that became the American League. Mm-hmm. So globally, don't be surprised if you see them start buying out some of these small leagues and countries yeah. like Turkey and Spain. Yeah. And, all and creating places. almost like a, a super league. Exactly. And then now yeah. it's like you're going to have tournament after tournament after tournament. So instead of caring about this one championship that you play for in June, there's other championships that you could win along the way. So I yeah, think so you give you the best in the world, like actually not just saying it because you yeah. won the American NBA title. Yeah, because yeah, so I think you know eventually, and they want to they want to get a cut into some of that FIBA market, right? Right. So it's like you know why only compete in America all year long, and then in the summertime you only do the world. Why not just make it all the time? You're always playing the world, right? The same way they do it in soccer. So I think that's the vision that he has for it, mm-hmm. right? People can hate it, they can love it, they can like it, dislike it, whatever. But the I believe that's the business. direction that they're going in. Yeah, you know, business is business is business, like you said. Yeah, for these people, money talks. Yeah, and I think the fact that the NBA launched their own league in Africa that should tell you something. Right, exactly, because that's like their sneak peek of what it could look like. Exactly, yeah. and it's like if that project goes over successfully, then we can merge that league into our league, and then we can start doing like uh you know, cross-continent tournaments over a set period of time, right? Right. But they just need to lay the infrastructure. So they're laying the infrastructure there. They're laying the infrastructure here because these tables and these groups, it looks stupid. It looks like... (laughs) But once you have more... Richard Jefferson tried his best. (laughs) Yeah, like... And it made absolutely no sense, right? Zero sense, yeah. But eventually, it doesn't make sense today, but it'll make dollars tomorrow. Exactly. And that's what yeah. the NBA is banking on. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that. That's a good way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense today, but it makes dollars tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. You know, it's great having you on. You know, where can the audience? Where can they connect with you? Where can they find you? Well, right now it's quiet. Uh, we had some pre-pod discussions, so. Right now, uh, I have nothing to share at the moment, but things are in the work, right? So uh, nothing now, but soon we'll have something to look forward to. Um, But if you would like to find me, I do have an Instagram at J underscore Lynch 11. And that's also my Twitter handle as well. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and all that stuff will be in the video, be in the description. So, you know, yeah, definitely great having you on, bro. Great discussion. Great episode, man. Yeah, likewise, bro. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Take care of yourself, Yusuf. Yeah, you as well. Until next time. Until next time. Wire to wire. We out. <laughs>